Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. We gather and think about that beautiful name. Thank you, Abby and worship team. Thank you for leading us and help us to understand what a beautiful name it is. That name of Jesus, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, is the name above every name, the name to which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's no other name, the Bible says, no other name given under heaven among men by which we can be saved. It's only by the precious Name of Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a clap. Praise in His house and Amen and amen. I'm so thankful that you're here today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. The book of 1 Samuel. I want us to look at chapter 17 this morning, verses 26 through 50. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 26 through through 50 as we continue on in our sermon series entitled The Need of Our Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're in the midst of a paralyzing and polarizing pandemic. We are in the midst of an unparalleled and unprecedented time, not only in our lifetime, but in world history. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the midst of a situation. And that's the purpose of this series is really to highlight the seriousness of our situation. We're at a time when the whole world is experiencing and walking through the same thing. It's a time that is unparalleled, as I've already said, to any other time in human history, but it's a time where I believe that God is doing a thing. I believe that God is doing a thing. I believe that God, it's a time when not only our nation, but the whole world has literally come to a screeching halt. It's a time when God has brought the world to its knees. I believe that it's a time that God has brought us to our knees for such a time as this in order to show us. I believe that God has put us on our knees, ladies and gentlemen, to show us and remind us of our greatest need. We're on our knees so that we can understand our greatest need. And undoubtedly our greatest need is Jesus. But coupled with that, our greatest need is to turn to Him. Place our trust in Him. And ladies and gentlemen, let Him lead and guide. Let Him be the helm of our life. I believe that God, what God is doing in the midst of our situation across the whole entire globe, across the whole entire world, is He's showing us our greatest need to grasp Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where it says, Seek me first, and my kingdom's true in your life, and then all of these things will be added unto you. We've been searching under every green tree. We've been uh, uh, diligently searching for everything that the world has to offer, and God has slowed it down. God has shut the world down so that we would know and understand that our greatest need is to reprioritize our life and allow Him to be first. And when He's first, He could do incredible things that no other, no other aspect of our lives can be done. No other deity. No other God. No other... There's only one way. And God 
When we give Him the right of way for our life, He could do things that nobody else, nothing else can do for our lives, including guiding us and giving us on the other side of difficulties. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 26 through 50. I want us to give thought this morning to a sermon in the midst of our circumstances to a sermon entitled Dominating Difficulties. Now, the last time we gathered, I'll remind you that we talked about defining some difficulties, but I want to move from just the definition of difficulties into how we overcome, how we get on the other side. And listen, I just don't want us to slide on the other side. Come on. I don't want us just to move and muddle through on the other side. I want us to get victoriously on the other side of the difficulties in our lives. And that's what we're going to talk about from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26 through 50. While you're turning there, I want you to know that we're in the middle of a hot mess. Amen? Have you figured that out by now? We are in the... Are you listening to me today? I mean, we're... Here we are. Now listen. Here we are in the parking lot. This is going on week five, probably more like week six of the pandemic and how it's kind of disrupted. And, but here we still are in the middle of a mess and what I would consider a hot mess. And every aspect of this finds you at some different interval. It's affecting you at some different way, at some different level. Some of you out here are feeling the financial pinch of the pandemic 2020. That's why I'm grateful this week. And some of you have already received, some of you will this week. I'm grateful for that provision from the federal government. I call it, a, I, I dub it a Trump check, but I want you to understand where that check came from. I told you this before, that that check came from the Lord. And we better recognize it, understand it, and appreciate what He's done and doing in our lives. But some of you are feeling the financial pinch of the pandemic. Others are feeling the physical pinch of the pandemic. Outside the fact that you've already put on what I call the quarantine 15. Come on. Now that's funny. Let me know you're laughing because that's funny. I told some of you I ain't seen you in two weeks. I was like, man, you've grown since I've seen you. <laughs> but here's the deal. Some of you feeling the physical pinch of the pandemic. This is why I'm so grateful that we had the provision to be able to come in the parking lot today and see some folks eyeball to eyeball. I want you to know as your pastor, I have missed seeing you. I miss talking to you, but I've missed seeing you. You've been bound up inside. Hopefully you've been staying inside and, and you've been following the directives and the directions of our elected and, and, and appointed officials. I believe our officials are elected by us and appointed by God. I believe that's how it works and I believe that we should follow that according to the mandate of the Bible. So you've been staying inside and already you got some cabin fever. So you were thankful today to come and get out. Now listen, go straight home when we're done here in about 10, 15, 20, 45 minutes. But here's the deal. You've been feeling the physical pinch of the pandemic. Others, the emotional pinch. I mean, it seems like every week we get another emotional, another aspect of this that puts us on an emotional roller coaster. 
when you got the news this week that school was going to be canceled for the rest of the semester. Certainly we felt that pinch here when we closed down Grace Baptist Academy for the rest of the semester. And some of you were, I mean, it became an emotional roller coaster for you. Now, I'll be honest with you, back when I was in school, if they'd have told me that school was over in April, I wouldn't have been the only emotional roller coaster I'd have been, would have been a clap praise for the Lord Jesus. But anyway, that's because I, no, don't honk at that because there's some people sensitive to that. But I mean, seriously, that's because I wasn't a good student like you are. And I think about the emotions of our seniors who in their last year of high school, they didn't get to experience those senior activities such as graduation and walking across the stage and being recognized for their achievement. And then some of them, uh, they, they missed the senior prom. And I understand that Robertson County is trying to pull together to put some of those things together. And I'm so proud of our staff and your student pastor, because here's what I want you to know, seniors, if you're listening to me, I want you to know that you're going to walk across the stage and you're going to be recognized for your achievement at Grace Baptist Church. And here's another thing. Girls, go ahead and get the makeup ready because you're going to get to wear them prom dresses. Your pastor is going to make sure you get to go to a senior prom even if it's sponsored by Grace Baptist Church. Yeah! Oh my, it'll be the first dance ever sponsored by a Baptist church. But here's the deal. We're going to do what we've got to do in order to make this special. But here's, here's the situation. We're all feeling this at different intervals. But here's what I want you to understand. We're all walking through the same difficulty and it's all affecting us. And then we've got to turn around and figure out how we're going to move on the other side of the difficulty. But as I've already said, I don't want you just to slide on the other side. I want you to dominate the difficulty that we're in. And once we uh, figure out how to dominate this difficulty, we'll get to figure out how to dominate the next difficulty because I promise you this, this won't be the last time you walk through hard times in your life. So let's take the Word of God and figure out how to move on the other side of our difficulty. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26 through 50 here. And as we look at this passage, I'm going to give you very quickly this morning four ways in which we can dominate difficulties. Walking through difficult circumstances. The Bible says... In chapter 17, verse 26, this is the story of David and Goliath. And this is more than just a story of triumph and victory. This is a story of God's power. And, and David, a, small, a young shepherd boy who trusted in God, who trusted in the one true God, who, and then through that trust, God delivered a supernatural miracle. God met him where he was. God helmed the battle and God moved him on the other side victoriously the same way He's going to move you through the pandemic if you'll let it. We pick up where David, the shepherd boy, he'd been sent by his father to go and check on his brothers who were serving King Saul in the army. When David showed up, here's what happened in the conversation that took place. The Bible says, Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him, saying, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? When David got to the battlefield, I'll remind you the story. David got to the battlefield and an uncircumcised Philistine 
giant of a man, nine foot nine inches tall, a man by the name of Goliath was making fun of God and making fun of God's people and his arm. David had heard enough of it. And he said, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in accord with this word, saying, Thus it will be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard when he had spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger burned against David. And he said, Why have you come down here? And whom have you left the few sheep in the wilderness? I know what you're up to. I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart. For you've come down now in order just to see the battle. But David said, just like he would for, as a younger brother, what in the world have I done now? What have I done now? Was it not just a question that I asked in verse 30? Then he turned away from him to another and said the same thing. And the people answered the same thing as before. When the words David spoke were heard, they told them to Saul, and Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail on account of him, for your servant will go and fight this Philistine. In other words, in Freeman translation and the best Hebrew I got, I'll go because I ain't scared. Then Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him because you're just a boy. And this boy... And, and this giant of a man has been a warrior since he was young. In verse 34, But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came out and took a lamb from the flock. And I went after him and I attacked him and I rescued the lamb and I rescued the, the, uh, from the bear and from the lion. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and I struck him down and I killed him. I killed him with my bare hand. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be nothing. David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his garment. Put a bronze helmet on his head, clothed him with his armor, and David girded up his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I can't go with these. These don't even fit me. And David took them off. He took just a stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had. Even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. The Philistine came on and approached David at the shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him because David was just a young boy and he was ruddy and I think he was jealous of his handsome appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come out here with me? You come out here to fight me with some sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. Philistine also said to David, Come to me, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down, and I'm going to remove your head.
I'll give you dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth will then know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or spear for the battle is the Lord and He will give you into our hand. It happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David. David ran quickly. He didn't cower down like the rest of the Israelites. He ran quickly to the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, took from it a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead so that his face fell to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine. David conquered the circumstance. David dominated the difficulty with just a sling and a stone. And he struck the Philistine and he killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand. Father, in this time, Father, in this time that we have, teach us how to dominate our difficulties. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Four steps in order to dominate our difficulties. The first step that we take in order to dominate our difficulties is first, write this down, by determining our deity. Determining our... Look at me. Look at me. First and foremost, if we're going to get on the other side of any circumstance in our life, any difficulty in our life, we're going to have to choose a God. We're going to have to choose a God. The Bible says in verse 28, 26, Then David spoke to the man who was standing by and said, What will be the done, done for the man who kills this Philistine takes away the reproach from Israel? For this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should talk the armies of the living God. I want you to understand today that we see by David's terminology alone what God he had decided to serve and what God he had decided to worship, what God he had decided to incorporate as the foundation of his life. But ladies and gentlemen, this is important. And I want you to listen to me. Because there are many in this parking lot today that we've been toying around and we've been playing around with this thing. But today, we must do as Joshua said. In Joshua 24, 15, he said, uh, Choose for yourself today which God you're going to serve. Either the little G gods of this world, or we're going to serve the big G God of the universe, the one who spoke everything into existence. Ladies and gentlemen, we're either going to continue to serve the little G gods of this world, or we're going to turn to Jesus. But you have to make that decision. Here's what God has been trying to teach us. He's brought us to a point. He's brought us to a situation and a point. A point of decision and a point of choice of what we're going to do from this point forward. I said that He's brought us to our knees in order to show us our greatest need. And that is that we need to turn to Him. And we need to follow Him. But you have to make a choice in that. You have to decide for yourself. Are you going to continue to serve these little G-gods? Here's what I want you to understand today. As we stand, as we sit in the parking lot today, as we navigate the portals of everyday life during a pandemic, I want you to know there's not been one little G-god that's been able to bring you any hope, bring you any deliverance from what, 
what we are, we're all still in the midst of the pandemic and nobody's come with a cure yet. So you can either trust the little G gods that, that haven't been able to do anything for you, or you can trust God Almighty who's going to bring us through the situation and take us on the other side. But you've got to choose for yourself what God you're going to serve. That question was asked and posed almost 3,500 years ago. It's the same question that David had to answer 500 years later. And it's the same question, it's the same choice that we have to make today. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot expect victory. We cannot expect domination over our difficulties if we're serving the wrong God. Do you want to serve a God that you have to carry? Or do you want to serve a God who carries you? And that's a good statement. Choose for yourself today. David had made his choice. We know that by his terminology because he differentiated God as a living God. All the other little G-gods, they're dead gods. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ, the one that we celebrated last week, the one who died for our sin, was buried in a bar tomb, got up from the dead, walked out of the grave on the third day. And in that, we know that Jesus is alive. He's a living God. you got to choose today whether or not you're going to serve Him. For some of you, that's where the sermon begins and ends. Because some of you have never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. There are many watching today. By way of internet, you've never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. You must choose today, I believe. I believe time's running out on your ability to choose. Not that God doesn't give you the ability. Not that He does not give you other chances. But here's the thing. As I've said many times, I believe this thing's almost over. We have to choose. If we're going to be victorious, not only through the pandemic, but for all eternity, Jesus is the only choice. But a second step that we take in order to dominate difficulties is we have to define, we, we, we dominate difficulties by defining God's direction. Not only determining our deity, but by defining God's direction. The Bible says in verse 31, when the words of David uh, spoke were heard, they told him to Saul, and Saul sent for him. And David told Saul, hey, let, let no man's heart. In other words, don't worry. I'll go fight this Philistine. I'm not scared. And David said, you can't go against this Philistine. You're just a boy. This Philistine been a warrior since he was since his youth. But David said, I was tending my father's sheep. And a lion and a bear came and took the lamb from the flock. I went out, attacked him, rescued the lamb. When he rose up to attack me, I whipped him back. That's the Hebrew. David said, the same Lord that delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and may the Lord be with you. Here's the bottom line. David said to Saul in verse 32, Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Ladies and gentlemen, David had clear direction of what he was supposed to do in the midst of this difficult circumstance. There was no hem-hawing about it. And ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to have to do, if you're going to dominate the difficulty, 
Not only this difficulty, but all the difficulties that come. And look at me, let's not make any mistake about it. If you think it's bad now, listen to me, look at me. If you think it's bad now, you've not seen anything yet. You say, do you mean that the coronavirus is going to get worse? No, I believe the human virus. The virus of the human heart and sin is going to escalate this thing. Once we get on the other side of this, you realize that we're wasting God's time. God has given us a chance. I don't need it, Marshall. God has given us a chance. He's put us on our knees in the same position. To get us on the same page with Him and the same page with one another. But even in our nation, much less the world, but our nation is still as divided as it was before the pandemic. We've not learned a thing. And if you think that this is the worst we've seen, you wait till we get on the other side of this. And all of this division that we see throughout our communities and throughout our state and throughout the entire country. Here's the thing. At times like this, especially as God's people, we're to pull together. We're a family. As a nation, we should pull together. Satan is the author of confusion and he is the author of division and we're allowing him to lead us through this pandemic instead of the one true God. As a result of that, division continues and it just escalates as we put our opinions about how things ought to be done and how things ought to be handled. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you as a church. Here's what I want to tell the church at large. But I don't have the privilege of telling the church at large. I only get the privilege of telling you. But before you put your opinions on Facebook and social media, I want you to think about what you're saying. I want you to think about how that affects the kingdom and the gospel. I want you to think about, listen, we're all trying to be backseat quarterbacks. Everybody knows how to win the game, but you're not even playing. You're not even a player on the field. Hey, how about this? Before we start putting our comments and before we start putting out our focus and before we start putting our opinion, if you don't like the decisions that are being made or you don't like what's being said or you don't like what's being done, here's what I want you to do. If you don't like the governor's decisions and what he's doing, then run for governor. If you don't like the way he's doing it, then go do it yourself. If you don't like the decisions the local officials are making and trying to protect lives, then run for mayor. If you don't like the decision that the president and the current and all of the Washington is trying to make, then get yourself to Washington. But don't be a backseat quarterback. All it's doing is causing more and more division. I don't know how I got off on that, but I'm glad I did. It's a good rabbit trail. We need to pull together. That's how we make it through these difficulties. That's how we make it through these circumstances. We pull together. 
But we got to define. We we got to determine God's direction. Here, David had a clear sense of what God wanted him to do. What does God want you to do? Over the last three or four weeks, how has God intervened in your heart and your mind? How has He interjected in your heart and your mind? How has He intertwined His will and your heart and His mind? And what decisions have you made to walk on the other side of this differently than you walked into it? David had a clear sense, a clear direction of what he was supposed to do. There was no question about it. David was in tune with the Lord. Just so, well, Pastor, how do we get in tune with the Lord? I told you that God communicates in four primary ways. He'll communicate through the Word of God. How much have you been in the Word of God? This should be an unprecedented time in your life of being engaged in the Word of God. If you're not reading the Word of God, there's no way that you can get a definite direction of what God wants you to do. For some of you, He's trying to change just about every aspect of your life. He's trying to get some things in. He may be even doing a job change, a career change. He may be doing all kinds of changes in your life, trying to get some things into your life, trying to get some things out of your life. But we gather this from the Word of God. I told you, many times on many occasions, that God will speak to you in the preaching and teaching event. And right now, folks are pretty engaged in terms of the preaching and I hope the teaching event. I hope you was in Sunday school because God speaks through that. I told you that God will bring people into your life to help give you some advice, some wisdom. But you've got to have discernment on that because not only will, the, will God bring people in your life, so will the devil. You're going to have to differentiate between the two. But God communicates with His people through prayer, through preaching, through the Word of God, through people. Are you engaged in these activities? This is how David found his direction and this is how you'll find your direction. What does God want you to do? Can you answer the question today? If not, be on a quest. God, what are you teaching, man? What are you leading, man? What do you want me to do? As a result of the pandemic. Third step that we take. In order to dominate difficulties. Is by distributing God's distinction. We dominate difficulties by distributing God's distinction. In other words. By showing the world. Look at me. By showing the world that the God that we serve. Is far different than the God that the world serves. The God of the universe. Is far different than the God of this world. The God of the universe is so much more powerful than any God and any deity on this earth. But our job in the midst of difficulties, God gives us a platform and an opportunity to put His power on display. Make no mistake about it today. Look at me when I say this. Make no mistake about it. The story of David and Goliath is none other than a marvel and a miracle. There's no way that any of this would take place absent the power of God. God put His power on display. And God performed a miracle in the midst of God's people and even His enemies. He put His power on display. For the purpose then is the same purpose now.
to differentiate or, or make a clear distinction of who He is in terms of who we will serve. God does what only He can do. He performed a miracle that day and He's still in the miracle working business today. Do you believe that today? The man was said that God is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want you to understand that God is performing miracles. He's doing things that I've never experienced God doing in the midst of such a tragic situation. I want you to know that so many miracles that we've seen just in the past few weeks. God is healing people in the hospital. I believe that my friend Leslie Dean's going to come home. I believe he's going to come home. Mary Linda, if you're here, you're listening, know that we're praying and he's going to come home. There are many others in the hospital that have already come home. God is doing some, some supernatural things in terms of sickness, but he's doing some supernatural thing, things that as a pastor I've never experienced. You want to know a miracle? You want to know a modern day miracle? You want to know a modern day marvel from the Lord? You passed it on your way up the driveway. Do you realize in the worst economic collapse and crisis that's ever taken place on the world stage, you showed up unprecedentedly trusting God and allowing God to supernaturally transform your offering into the tune of over $200,000 to pay for a piece of property that God told us to buy? Yes! Oh, do you want me to go? through the miracle of what God is doing every day, how He's using you, how He wants to use you. But friend, that's it. He's going to do what He can. He's going, to, he's going to put His power on display for the purpose of using us and that opportunity. To make His name famous. To provide people a choice of what they're going to choose. That's what happened with the Philistines. That's what happened with the Israelites. Old David went out there clothed with the power of God and with that old giant. Everybody else was still hunkered down, shaking in their boots. They were hiding in cliffs, hiding under rocks. They were doing what they can because the giant was taunting Israel. The most powerful arm in the world. And they were cowered down to the enemy. But David went out clothed with the power of God. And God provided a supernatural miracle. And you know what it did? It brought two things. It brought the Israelites, God's people, to a choice. And it brought His enemies to a choice. It brought God's people to a choice. What were they going to do from this point forward? Now that God had provided the miracle, were they going to capitalize on the miracle? And were they going to go out representative of the Lord Jesus Christ and win the battle? See, that's the question for you today. If you're here today and you've been saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, you believe that Jesus Christ died for yourself according to the Scripture. He was buried on the third day. God raised Him from the dead. If you're here today and you've called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've been saved if you're here today. And you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. And you have been saved. Then when God performs that miracle. When you see that miracle. 
You get a choice as God's people of what you're going to do for the glory of the Lord and for His kingdom's sake. What are you going to do with the miracle? On the flip side of that, those around you who have never trusted Jesus, you know why He's doing that miracle? You know why He's putting His power on display? So they get a choice too. Those old Philistines had a choice. They make a wrong one, but they had a choice. They should have seen by the power of God what God had done in that field and they should have surrendered their life. And that's what I'm praying. The choice that others make through the miracle that God performs, even in the midst of our difficult circumstances. We dominate difficulties by making sure That we distribute God's distinction from all the other gods. Little G gods, these false gods. A fourth and final step that we take in order to dominate difficulties is lastly by delighting in God's deliverance. Here's what I want you to read, or here's what I want to read, and here's what I want you to understand. Look at verse 48. Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took from it a stone and he slung. The stone stuck in the Philistine's forehead so that the Philistine fell to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine. Thus David conquered the enemy. Thus David dominated the difficulty. And he did it with just a sling and a stone. And he struck the Philistine and killed him. And David didn't even have a sword in his hand. Listen, as we close today. Here's what I want you to understand. God not only wants to take you through difficult circumstances, He wants you to dominate those. Because it's all for His power, or by His power for His glory. This is exactly what David had experienced, clothed with the power of God. He was delivered, and subsequently all of God's people was delivered from the hand of the enemy. They dominated the difficulty. Look at me when I say this, because I say this in closing. This isn't the last difficulty you're going to have. This isn't the last difficulty you're going to have even as it pertains to the COVID-19. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But even when 2020 is over and we get down the road and this becomes but a blip on the radar. There's going to be more difficulties to come. How we deal with this is going to train us for the future. So the question is, what about the deliverance? What about the victory? You know, I said last week in my sermon that victory in Jesus is more than just a song that we sing on Sunday. It's a theological and foundational premise of our life. Thanks be to God who always leads us to victory in Christ Jesus. Here's the question. Do you want to experience victory? 
really all goes back to what I said at the beginning, the choice. We've got to choose what God we're going to serve. If you choose the right God, I promise you, you'll achieve the right result. Let me say that again. If you'll choose the right God, if you'll choose Jesus, you'll experience the right result. You'll experience the victory. What God? How are you going to walk through this? You know, our prayer has been throughout this whole, my, my personal prayer for you has been that the lost would get saved. Many of you here today are lost. That's not a derogatory term. It's just a term that we say, you're on the outside of Jesus. You've never accepted Jesus. And my prayer, you do realize why you're watching today or why you're here today is because God brought you here so that you'd hear the truth and set you free. My prayer is that the lost would be saved and the saved would get serious. There are many of you here watching, many of you here in the parking lot. You too are going to have to choose what God you're going to serve. See, you've accepted, there are many of you accepted Jesus Christ, but you've been playing the harlot with every God that, 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 that this world has to offer. We're going to have to pick a side. We'll have to stand on that side and figure out what today looks like for the rest of our life. Here's what I want. What, what do you want to do? God has given us a reset and a redo in all of our lives. I'm going to call it round two. In round two, do you want to do something different? That's the question. That's what He's making available today. In round two, do you want it to be different than it was in round one? And it's all about your choice today. If you've never been saved, then today I want you to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to help you do that. I hope you got a pen and a piece of paper. I'm going to give you a phone number right now. And here's the phone number. Write this down. 615-581-7631. Let me give it to you again. 615 615- 581-7631. If you're watching by way of Facebook, you can see that number come in the comment section. What I want you to do with that number is text the word decision to that number, 615-581-7631. You text the word decision in your name. And somebody's going to call you today in just a little while and help you walk through the, any decision that you need to make. If you've never been saved, you text the word decision, we're going to help you. Maybe you need a church home. You don't, maybe you need to join a church. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe, maybe you need a, a, a place of service. Maybe Whatever it is, you text the word decision, your name, we're going to call you back. We're going to help you. We'll give you another number. 615-384. 3393. Let me give it to you again. 615-384-3393. That number, you can talk to somebody live right now. If you'll call that number, 
888-999-9393. Somebody will be on the other end of that phone and they will help you with whatever decision that you need to make. Friend, God brought us here to teach us one, our greatest need to reprioritize our life. But two, one of the ways that we do that is learn how to not only just navigate through difficulties, but to dominate them with the power of God. Choose Him today. Choose for yourself which God you're going to serve. Whether the gods of the Amorites, the God of your fathers, which were beyond the river. As for me and my house, Joshua said, we shall serve the Lord. How about you today? We're going to have a song of invitation. During the song of invitation, you got the numbers before you. If you want to call somebody, you want to text us. At this time of invitation, God has given you right now the moment and time to choose. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. Today is the day. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with your choice today? As we sing, as we sing, you make your decision. Father, move on this now. Do what only you can do. By your power, for your name's sake, for your kingdom's sake, by your grace and mercy, meet with us right now in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. We found another hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.